Have you ever been frustrated trying to build a business that you love, connect deeper with your family, and take care of your physical and mental health, but it just seems like you never have time? In my search for those answers, I found out that there are three very specific things that family-driven entrepreneurs do in order to excel in it all. If you're someone who's interested in learning these three things, we have a free upcoming training that you can register for so we can share these three things to help you succeed faster. Check out the show notes or go to modernleadership.us forward slash workshop. This is a limited time workshop, which will be recorded just in case you can't make it live. Thank you for being willing to lean in and continue to grow. And above all, keep leading from the front leader. What is up, my people? You're listening to Master Your Mindset with Coach Mark. I'm your host, Mark Hildebrand. I'm a husband, a father, a 10-year online mindset coach, and a 19-year law enforcement officer from Southern California who struggle with bringing that same kind of time and energy to my health and family that I was giving to my career and my business. Through that process, I discovered I could excel in every area if I was willing to master my mindset. Now, this podcast was designed for ambitious, high-performing leaders who want to achieve more in their life, but refuse to do so at the cost of the other important areas of their life, including their health and their family. If that's you, it's time to dive into today's show. Don't forget to grab a free copy of my international best-selling book, Mastering Your Life Through Self-Coaching. You can head over to the show notes or go to mindsetwithmark.com forward slash book. I'll take care of the book if you take care of the shipping. Thanks for spending this short time with me, but remember, you don't get better by consuming, you get better by acting. Let's go. All right, guys, welcome back to another Monday episode. I have another amazing individual here for you guys today. Um, I have John Kelly. So who is John? John is an author, a motivational speaker, and he's a 30-year veteran of one of the largest sheriff offices in the country. He's developed a law enforcement wellness program that addresses the whole of the person. I love that. His program, which is called Sometimes Heroes Need Help, addresses the personal, professional, financial, physical, mental health, and well-being of those who have decided to embark, in, uh, to embark on this notable uh, notal of professions. And he has a laundry list of amazing credentials and background. I just want to jump right in. Um, John, thank you so much for being on the show. Mark, my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so generally, this is how I like to start off. Um, people get to this and this part of the podcast, and they're like, "Ah, should I continue to listen to this one? Is this one going to be one that's going to really speak to me?" And I know just having a very short conversation with you just before this, um, I know it's going to speak to a lot of people. But if you had somebody here and they were like, "You know what? What are they going to? What am I going to get out of this episode? What What do you think they would get based off of your story and some of the things that you've gone through? What do you think they're going to get if they continue to listen to this podcast?" 100% without a doubt that, you know, perfect doesn't exist, man. And I think mm. what we, we do a horrible job of setting ourselves up for failure uh, when, we, when we stick to the, this notion that somehow we need to have the perfect job, the perfect marriage, the perfect every And if, if we could just move away from that just for a second and realize that there's much more to life than being perfect, and, and I think once we, we wrap our heads around that concept that there's more, you know, that we're going to fall, that we're going to make mistakes, but the, the, the true, you know, the quest for perfection is cool. But after falling and making mistakes and learning, um, that, that's where true growth comes from. And, you know, we're never, we're never going to stop growing, learning, appreciating. And then when we get to a place it's, I think it's a, a moral responsibility for us to share what we've learned with those, you know, that those that come behind us and those that are still in it. 
I love that. I love that. I love that. I remember hearing this from one of my mentors. He said, 70% perfect is perfect. 100% perfect is failure, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> we're like, if we're striving for perfect, right? We're actually never, never doing anything most of the time. We're kind of convincing ourselves not to take it, not to take action until it's perfect. So um, I, I really appreciate that a lot. So let me ask you this, sir. Um, so a lot of times I know that businesses are created out of things that we have personally struggled with. So I kind of want to ask you like, um, how did you get into what you're currently doing right now? And it was a, something that you struggled with personally that now you now have this desire to help other people through. Great question, Mark. Mark, I'm kind of like a mixed bag. Um, so we both have a law enforcement background. I spent some time in training and, you know, we, we in the sheriff's office down in South Florida, we spend a ridiculous amount of time training guys on things that they could do with their eyes closed right? Because we got to check off the boxes. And I realized in training, the time that we were spending after hours with guys, mentoring, coaching, counseling, referring, getting resources, it had nothing to do about the, 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 the practical application of what we just taught them. Mm. It was the life stuff that was, was creating havoc. Mm. Their inability to properly communicate with their spouses, their over Dependence on alcohol and drugs to cope with the horrors of the job. Uh, it, you know, it just was this out of control. And, and I looked around the room and I said, you know, we are, we're not, we're not talking about the elephant in the room, man. You know, we, we are ignoring the number one reason why you don't go home. Mm -hmm. It's not the car four deep. It's you. Mm -hmm. Suicide is the number one leading cause of death for the law enforcement professional, and we won't even talk about it. Mm -hmm. So with that, you know, like awakening, um, I developed this program. I said, you know, we need to be putting our resources and our time and our energies in something that matters. And so after retirement, you know, when, when you get off the job, the muzzle comes off, right? Mm -hmm. you, you're a little free. <laughs> you can speak your mind a little more and you don't have those restrictions. So mm -hmm. I, uh, I developed this program that addresses the personal, professional, financial, physical, mental health of the guys. And it, it was this, um, it, it was necessary. It was, it, it wasn't like, Oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell widgets. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy a box of widgets and I'm gonna sell them on Amazon. It just, that made no sense. Giving back to this profession that is that has given me a blessed life um, is really where my efforts need to be. And mm -hmm. so with the development of the program and with some life experiences, uh, alcoholic, addict, adulterer, and I like to kid, you know, that's just the A's, right? We get to the B's, C's, and D's, <laughs> and then, you know, good goodness, we have a whole, uh, we have a three-hour podcast. <laughs> so that was it. That was the foundation of it, that, that we were missing an opportunity to properly address the things that really were causing our guys catastrophic uh, consequences. Mm, mm. Let me ask you, um, you know, still being on the job myself right now, um, I kind of find that uh, a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of officers kind of like, it's kind of like they know some of that, but in reality, they don't actually step into it and they're not willing to, to grow in that specific area. I'm curious, like when you were, um, when you were in the middle of it, like, did you find yourself struggling with trying to convince some of the officers that they needed to take this part of their life seriously? Or did it seem like that kind of just came naturally as you were just explaining it to them? It's a self-correcting error. 
Mark, you know, um, you, you can, and, and, and I say this, I said, you know, we're pretty good at BSing ourselves. Yeah. You know, we make a career out of convincing people to do things in, in, for us so we don't end up rolling around with them on the ground all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but when we use those same skill sets, when we're looking in the mirror, when we're not being real with ourselves, mm-hmm. um, that can only happen for so long. Yeah, inevitably, it's going to come. It, it's going to come and bite you. And so it's one of those things where I say, listen, we can take a proactive approach to this. Mm-hmm. Or... Or you can be in crisis in a year. Which would you prefer? And, and mm-hmm. I said, and so the way I kind of approach it is, there's no shame. There's no, the shame of it is not addressing the problem once it's been identified. Mm-hmm. Lower your head if you're that guy. But if, if, you know, we're predictable, right? The things that we do, we're very predictable. As much as we like to believe that we're unique and we're all pretty much cut from the same cloth. We all pretty much undergo the same kind of traumas and, and we have the same issues. We can change a name here or there, but the experiences, especially in this community of ours, this law enforcement community, they're universal. And so if we're going to be exposed to these things routinely, then we, we, sh- we should, if, if we want to be proactive about it. You know, we need to address it on the front end. We need to get ahead of it. And, you know, there's a million programs available out there, Mark, once you hit hit the wall. Once you crash and burn, man, there's, there's a line of people just waiting for you to come into their doors. My theory, my philosophy is let's let's get to you before you crash and burn, mm. right? We, we can predict this, that this is what's going to happen because it's an environment that hasn't changed in a hundred years. Right, 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 right. Let me, let me ask you this because maybe there is, um, there are some signs that maybe we can look out for in ourselves to indicate that we might be heading down that path. Um, is there anything that you think are like the, the beginning signs of that? Like, Hey, this is like a, this is like a, um, somebody waving at you saying, Hey, maybe you should pay some attention here. Do you think there's anything specific that we can kind of direct people to that sometimes we ignore when it actually happens? So my pro when i talk about the program i talk about relationships first mm-hmm. the more focused the relationship with your spouse mm-hmm. and I, I believe that if things aren't good at home you know when you walk out the door your day isn't going to get any better mm-hmm. right and that at the end of the day if you don't want to go home these are problems if you know i used to work 70 hours a week Um, and I would rationalize it, you know, well, because I'm providing for my family. The truth of the matter was I didn't want to go home. Home wasn't a place where I could, I felt, I felt love. Right. And, and so my first thing that I would, the red flag would be communication with your spouse. Mm. You know, I, for forever, Mark, I didn't address the little things, the little annoyances I would pass on them. I'd let it go. I would say, you know what? Me bringing this up is going to ruin the moment. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, who needs to argue, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just going to, I'm going to remain silent. And, And what ends up happening is I did that. I made those decisions. And when you make those decisions not to have the conversation, you start driving little wedges between you and your spouse. And then what ends up happening one day, you wake up 
and you don't care anymore. You're indifferent. And, and that's a really horrible place to be. And it all starts with not having the conversation, not addressing the little things. So the first thing I would say in a relationship to our listeners here is that have the conversation. You know, the thing that you think isn't important, but kind of bothers you enough to, to, to have you pause, go with your gut on that. You know, and, and the thing is, Mark, we're really good at telling people what to do, right? We spend a whole shift telling. Right. Our spouses are not suspects. They're not, you know, and so we need to grow in a way where we can communicate effectively with our spouse and not make them feel like, you know, they're, they're a subject on a call that we're handling. So working on ourselves, we need to become better listeners, right? Because I know, you know, when you, when you come home and, and you want to tell your spouse about the day you've had, because maybe you didn't, you didn't get covered in blood that day, right? You're not protecting them from the horror that you saw. We have a tendency to believe that our day was so much more important than their day at the hair salon, you know, and somehow our conversation trumps theirs. So then we don't even end up asking them about their day because it certainly couldn't have been as involved as mine. Mm. And then, so you start getting that disconnect, man, right out of the gate. And when we stop communicating, like I said, that wedge, then it, it doesn't take much for that wedge and that divide to grow. And you, you know, in a matter, in a very short period of time, um, your relationship sideways and, and the, the one thing that you vowed, right. That you vowed to love forever. You're taking a pass on. Mm. And that's just, that starts the downward spiral. And, you know, we can get ahead of that just by communicating better. I love that. I, I actually extremely love that you started off with relationships because that's something that I do on my team as well, because we learn all of these skills and all these tactics on the job on how to communicate, how to deescalate but we never take the time to learn the skills of how to better communicate with our spouse or how to better communicate with our kids. Um, I remember hearing that like early on after I got out of the academy, came home one day and my wife is like, I'm not a suspect. Why are you talking to me like one? And that was like realization of like, like okay, oh, I, no. guess, I guess I got to make a, um, an adjustment yeah. here. And it was crazy because it was like around that time that I realized like we go and we spend 990 hours going through the academy, learning all of these different skills. Right. But mm -hmm. then when we get married or we have a kid, we just like, it's just supposed to happen on its own. Oh, you'll figure this out. You know, they yeah. give you your baby from the, from, from um, the hospital and they expect you to do it. But yet we spend all this time on our work. Why would we, wouldn't we spend as much time on our relationships? Right. Yeah. And, and you know, and to that point, I just, uh, I, I always ask for feedback when I, I, I've been doing a lot of presentations in front of agencies and, um, on more than one occasion, somebody's pulled me to the side and say, Hey, do you think my wife could come to this next time? Mm -hmm. And I go, and I just, you know, I heard it once. So I was thinking, okay, yeah, I started hearing that request mm -hmm. every seminar I put on. And so there's the disconnect, man, mm -hmm. right? Cause I have a hard time telling my wife the things that I'm experiencing, but maybe if she hears it from you, mm -hmm. that'll start the conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm doing now, Mark, is when like, I'm going to Aventura uh, Police Department in May. I'm speaking for the FBI in May at their executive uh, leadership session down in Key West. I'm inviting spouses to attend. 
Sit in the room next to your husband or your wife, your partner, and listen. And and I think that that's going to create a healthy environment for a conversation to keep them from falling into those holes Mm -hmm. that I've fallen into over my life. Yeah, I love that. I love that you're actually bringing that into the actual training because I guarantee you that that is going to heighten the level of not only their relationship, but also they're, um, it, it's just going to open the door, like you said, for so many great conversations that probably should have been had years and years and years ago. Um, one of the things that kind of like pops in, up into my mind is like, there's a lot of people out there who have, um, they don't have terrible relationships, but they don't have amazing relationships. And they're right. just going down the path of being good. And I call this like being um, like on the drift where everything's ah, it's fine. It's good. It's like, it's autopilot. not really bad or yes, it's on autopilot. And it does not take much to go from there to where you don't want it to be, but it also doesn't take much to go from there to like amazing and incredible. So um, I always like to remind people of that. It's just as easy to go up than it is to go down. It is. And if you develop those skills, those tools, you have resources like um, like how we get to connect over a podcast and coaching right and all up. this great stuff. It's just, it's so um, available to everybody. So I love that. I have one one thing that I ask of, of the uh, attendees in my seminar, I give them a homework assignment. Mm. I said, listen, this is what I want you to do. On your way home today, I want you to go by Walgreens, CVS, whatever your little pharmacy store is. I want you to pick up a little bu- little bunch of flowers. Not 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 uh, $100,000, just a little thing, one flower. And I said, go to that aisle with the cards and you say, you know, that stack of cards that says all the things that you always wish you could say, but you just haven't been able to put the words on the paper. I go grab that card for, because it's Tuesday for no other reason. Mm-hmm. Grab that card, grab that, the little thing of flowers, write a little note in there that you haven't done. Cause you were doing that when you were chasing it, right? You were Don Juan when you were chasing it, mm-hmm. you flowers and notes. I said, put a little note in there. You get home, leave it for your partner, someplace that they're going to find it. And and you don't say a word. And then I say, listen, one or two things is going to happen. They're either going to come to you and say, all right, what did you do? All right. (laughs) What did you you do? Or, Or you have just set yourself up for the most amazing romantic night and and reconnecting and, and putting back the why into that relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's easily done, man. It just, it really gets back to caring, right? Showing that 100%. little extra effort. 100%, John. I actually like that you bring that up. I actually ha- challenge my, I challenge my team to do this um, very similar exercise where I ask them like, hey, um, tell me about something that you really appreciate about your wife. And tell me something that you really appreciate like about your kids. And I have them write it down. And through this process of asking them this, this like, hey, what, what is it they appreciate the most about their, their wife and kids? I ask them to do that. I say, hey, put together a note. Like you can do this for your kids too. Put together a note, put it into their lunchbox in a place that they're right. gonna find it at school. And I remember doing this for the first time and my son came home and he had this huge smile on his face. And I have to be honest, I forgot that I had put the note in right. there. Okay. And he was just so smiling. I'm like, what's up, buddy? He's like, dad, I found your note. And yeah, he said, um, he said, every time I read it, I read it four times in school. It just made me smile. And I'm right. like, are you serious? That's it took, awesome. It took me 10 seconds to do it. So right. you were and so what an, what right. a huge impact in his life that day, right? Maybe, maybe, you know, he was, had some anxiety, some apprehension. He had a test mm-hmm. coming up and you know what? Oh, dad, this dad's note. 
Yep. Right. And it just relieved that. And small, man, small gestures go mm-hmm. such a long way. And uh, that's awesome that you did that. All right. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. It actually reminded me just from that conversation that you just right. had. Um, so yeah, I, I, I also hear something else, um, something that you do that um, that is an incredible uh, that I want to acknowledge and appreciate you for. And it's really like taking ownership. It's like taking ownership of your part of the equation. Um, I know a lot of times I see a lot of people pointing outside themselves in terms of that's the problem or being that victim mentality where it's like something is happening to me. But from what I'm getting from you, a lot of it has to do with taking ownership of your part of the equation. What can you do to like make that connection, to, to create those relationships, to, to really start to communicate? And um, I wanted to ask, is that something that came naturally to you or is that something that you had to develop, this idea of taking ownership? It's a mixed bag with that answer. Um, I've always... I've always tried, right? You know, try, essay ons, I will try. I've always tried to do the right thing, but I always haven't been successful. Mm-hmm. And I've realized that every problem in my life was a direct result of an action or inaction on my part. Mm. I either did something or failed to do something that created the situation that I was in. I never found the benefit of blaming somebody else. Because the minute you blame somebody else, you put the power of the solution in their hands and not yours. If it's of my making, Mark, then I can fix it. And so that's kind of like been a mantra of mine, man, that, you know, that, that serenity prayer, right? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, right? I mean, are you kidding me? Does it get, you don't have to be a religious person, but to hear those words, it says, you know what, own it. And if you, and if, and if you don't have control over it, let it go. And, and so we end up doing the opposite, man. We obsess about that which we have no control over. And the thing that is clearly within our grasp, we take a pass on. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? So owning it is, is a huge part of not only my program, Right, but the kind of life that I wanna I wanna lead and the kind of example I wanna be to my daughter and, and the people in my network, you know, that this is that nothing no change can come unless you own it. Mm. The responsibility has to rest with you. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you kind of brought up that uh, just modeling the behavior because when we think about like leadership, like we all tend to follow leaders who accept responsibility, who take ownership of sometimes the part of the equation that even really isn't their part, right? And when right. we see them taking that level of ownership, it just inspires us to do the same. And we get that opportunity every single day that we have kids, right? When we're absolutely, owning it. absolutely, one hundred percent. You know, um, it's funny, right? So, and this it, it's related and it's not. The a, a couple of weeks ago we were jumping in the truck from Publix and it was a very windy day. And real quick, the wind caught in my wife's door and it Mm -hmm. took the door out of her grasp and it smashed the door of the car next to us in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. I went, Oh God. I mean, it wasn't a a, a little scrap. It it caved the door in and I was Mm -hmm. just like, good God. And my wife looked at me. She was like, I don't think anybody saw us. And I said, 
I don't think that really matters now, does it? And she looked mm-hmm. at me and I checked her hard and she was, I, like, I made her feel really bad in the moment. I'm like, I go, I saw it. So I left a note with my number. I said, please give me a call. I, I'm so sorry. I said, can you imagine if I came out and I had a dent like that in my door and somebody just skedaddled? Mm-hmm. I said, I'd lose my mind. Mm-hmm. So and my wife looked at me. She goes, you always do the right thing. I said, no, I haven't always done the right thing, but I, I, I have committed to always doing the right thing. Even when it's at, you know, even when it's not beneficial, you know, even when it's not ideal. And I, I'd say this, you know, the right thing to do is always the right thing to do. It doesn't know a season. It doesn't know a time of day. It doesn't know a political class or environment. And I think, you know, I, I, I kind of got off track, brother, but you know what I mean? It's just, yep. you've got to do the right thing. 100%. And, and I think what's so powerful about that is, is yes, there's other people that you're modeling behavior, but you ultimately know when you're living in integrity, right? You right. know it, like you feel it. And like when you did that, I'm sure afterwards, you actually felt great, not because of the experience, because you dented, she dented somebody's yeah, car, uh, but because yeah. you're like, I lived in integrity and this is the kind of person I am. It just bumps your confidence up like five, 10 different levels. So it was just a, a small little example of the importance of just doing the right thing, even when nobody's watching, right? Yep, 100%, 100%. Good stuff. Well, John, man, this has been incredible. Let me see, if, is there anything else, maybe something that you um, wanted to bring up that we didn't have an opportunity to talk about today before we wind up? Could I do a little self-promotion, Mark? 100%, please. If somebody wants to connect with you, how can they do that? So lawenforcementlifecoach.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I see you have a book out there. I just wrote my first book. It's called Surviving Self-Inflicted Wounds, A Deputy's Mm -hmm. Life of Redemption. And uh, it's on Amazon now. And a lot of the things that we spoke about, I go into great detail within the the pages of that book. And um, I talk about some things that are, you know, that I'm ashamed of, right? I kind of, I talk about some dark places. I talk about the problems, but I think more importantly, I talk about the solutions and, and how you can pull yourself out of those places and have a, 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 a healthy, fulfilled life that, that pulls you out of bed every morning because you can't wait to start the day and see what it brings. Mm, that is so awesome. All right, John, I'm definitely going to be uh, uh, picking up your book um, from Amazon. I would highly suggest everybody else does that too. Um, and where, what is your website one more time? It, I know it's really short, right? Lawenforcementlifecoach.com. Okay, perfect, perfect. And I will link to those in the show notes, guys. Um, John, I wanted to thank you very much for, um, for the time here. I appreciate your energy. I, I appreciate your knowledge and what you're able to pass on to everybody today. So thank you very much for being on the show, sir. No, man, the pleasure's been all mine. All right, guys, welcome or welcome. Uh, I am excited that you guys made it here to the end of the episode. I know there's hundreds of thousands of other uh, podcasts that are out there, but you made it to the end of this one because John really brought his energy today. Um, definitely hook up John Kelly. Uh, when it comes to his website, when it comes to his book, I will leave you all of the um, all of the links in the show notes. Hit that up. And like I say, as always, like I greatly appreciate you guys for being here. Definitely stay safe and we'll see you on the next episode.